Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. Um, and as I stand here right now in early March, it is snowing and 12 degrees. But in reality, I'm on my way to Mexico. <laughs> You'll be packing. So, and how many bathing suits will you bring? Yeah, and, well, how many bottles like, of sunscreen? Like, yeah, sunscreen, sunscreen. Don't forget your underwear, Ben. Sunscreen, <laughs> sunscreen. How many pairs of underwear do you have, Ben? <laughs> Um, but yes, I am headed to Sayulita, oh, which is nice. um, a little, I guess, a little town, a little yes, surf I've, break. I've been there. I've been to Sayulita. Oh, have you really? Yes. I um, got to go there, um, gosh, when Phoebe was a baby. So probably in um, 2003, maybe. I got to go there on um, back when you and I were both freelance writers. We sometimes got to go on press junkets. And I um, Patagonia um, took a bunch of us to Sayulita for oh, a oh. surfing and yoga retreat. And oh. so I know that it is north and slightly west of Puerto Vallarta, and it is in a different time zone than Puerto Vallarta. Oh, so is it really? It's kind of kind of crazy. So let's say your flight lands at 2 p.m., um, then you drive there and you gain an hour, even though I don't know, it's I don't know, 40 minute drive. Maybe it's not a very long drive, but so you get there earlier than when you landed. How is, oh. how crazy is that? That's, I like that. More time in the sun. I'll take it. Yeah. The sun and surf. Yeah. So I'm excited. So so how was surfing? I'm really excited to try. Oh, um, so I've tried surfing a couple of times, you know, from when I lived in San Francisco and then I had some friends in San Diego. So I tried it there. I am very uncoordinated and um, I have, I'm very timid. And so I am not a risk taker or a daredevil. Um, there were not very big waves. Um, I would have been content to sit on my board and just bob there <laughs> and, and chat. Um, and um, I mean, some people got up and it was, it was, a, as I recall, it was all women. And um, Katie Arnold, who, who, as you well know, has an essay in Tales from Another Mother Runner. She was there. And um, so we had some fun hanging out and she got, um, we were taking, they had taken us to some other place that wasn't the beach that was right near our hotel. And she wanted to take one last run. I remember she um, 
kind of got tumbled around, you know, like a washing machine type effect. And she, the um, part of the board hit her in the mouth and she got this bad cut and um, like from her teeth, I think. Um, oh, wow. And um, I was the only mom on the trip. You know, all the other editors were, you know, like 25 and single. And there I am, you know, in my, I don't know, mid thirties um, and a mom. And she just was like, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> and so it was the first time I ever really felt like I was, deemed maternal and it really made me feel good I and so um oh we took her to this very very you know small remote very rustic quote-unquote hospital to get her lips stitched up so I shouldn't be telling you a scare tactic story but I, I just say, yeah, I just wanted to know I wanted to hear like yeah it was great at hung 10 whatever oh I'm just but- I'm just lame like that Tim there's no I mean no it's not it's not my thing it's not the, your like, thing. It's yeah, not my well, I'm th- hoping it's my. I mean, I, I've always wanted to try it. So oh, good. I don't know that it'll be my thing. I mean, the thing about that's hard with us tall folk is, you know, just, we have a long way to get that's up. That's a whole and lot a of dimity to, to get up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Timber! Um, but, um, but I just love, I love, you know, uh, well, I like to try new things and, yes. I, and I've always wanted to try it. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah. So I'm thinking, I mean, even I think some of our kids. So it's going, we're going on the, we're doing the extended family vacation. So mm-hmm. it's me and um, my two sisters and so between us we have five kids um and then my mom and my stepdad so Wait, um, really excited to spend some time with them um you know unplug mm-hmm. and um and, and yeah hopefully Gra- catch some Grant, waves grant's not going oh yeah grant's going. yeah oh. our husbands are, yeah three husbands three husbands going as well but but they don't really count <laughs> but i forget <laughs> about them i don't even mention them <laughs> we're going for the kids uh no it, it will be fun i well, mean the, the best part is is you know i mean the cousin time is so fun for them and you know mm-hmm. one of my older sister has um kids that are exactly the same age as mine and then my younger sister has a little peanut who is um two mm-hmm. so he's really fun and you know in that good age where um you know he's eating sand and all that um but still <laughs> still can kind of chat with you his, his big thing this day these days is when he says no he says no thank you <laughs> and so yeah he's learning his manners so it's great everything is no thank you no thank you no thank you <laughs> Awesome. Oh, like, Brooks, can you talk to my children about using their manners, please? <laughs> nice. And so will Amelia and Ben, will, are they eager to try surfing? I, you know, I think they'll try it. We'll uh-huh. see. I mean, I have to, I have to do a little research um, still uh, to see what kind of age they need to be and, and that kind of thing. But they're both good swimmers. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'd be fine in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, especially if their cousins try it, that's the thing, you know, it's kind oh, of yeah. a, you know, herd mentality. Yeah. And the, and the, your one nephew is such a gifted athlete. So um, yes, I, I bet yes. he'll kind of take to it like, say, a fish to water. Um, well, and that's and that's the good and bad thing is that mm-hmm. his name is Hayden, and so when Hayden does something, he you know he does get it very quickly, mm-hmm. and so then the three of them are left like, oh, like especially Ben. Ben mm-hmm. is Ben's the kind of kid where if he can't get it the first time, he's not going to try anymore. Mm-hmm. So if he sees Hayden, who is you know four years older than him, oh. getting surfing, and and Ben is struggling, then. Then mm-hmm. Ben probably won't get on a surfboard again. Although Ben is Ben is so strong, so a part to me part of surfing is also you have to get back to the you have to get to the other side of the waves. Yeah, you know you have to yeah. paddle, 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 and um, so maybe you know he'll triumph there. And... Yeah, <laughs> he'll beat him to the other side of the wave, and then Hayden will beat him back. They'll right. have a good a good equilibrium going. Yes. Um, so um, so that's gonna be fun. Are you gonna do any yoga while you're there? Ah, uh, because it's kind of a big yoga haven. Yeah. Uh, Then I may. I I hadn't really thought about yoga yet. I mean, the big thing, you know, going back to running is that I am not going to be walking barefoot on the beach. I mean, Mm. that will just Mm. bite up my foot like nothing Mm -hmm. else. So Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, what am I going to, oh my gosh, <laughs> my foot choice, my footwear choices are, are a little bit of a, I mean, you know, a, a first world problem, but I'm like, I mean, the thing that feels best right now are my Saucony Triumph ISOs with, mm-hmm. um, with my orthotics. And I'm like, I'm standing here now. I just came from an event and I have my dress pants on and I immediately went up and put on my, oh, my Sauconies. And, um, so I'm like, wow. So am I going to be like one of those beachcombers and like my tankini and my, my running shoes, you know, oh, like with my bucket by my side looking for shells. Just don't wear, you know, pro compression socks at the same time. That's, <laughs> that's when I deny knowing you at all. Exactly, <laughs> um, exactly. So, but, um, I thought the UFOs, um, slides or, or, um, flip-flops felt good on you. They do. They do to a degree, but I mean, really, I really need, um, this little golf ball of a, of a, like a little wedge that's in the orthotic that, that elevates my toe. So you can't put orthotics in sandals. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Really, really interesting stuff, but let's go back to the water because we've Mm -hmm. got such an awesome guest that we, we want to introduce, right? We sure do. What a theme there. Yes. We are, um, honored to be joined by Summer Sanders, who, um, best known for having won four Olympic medals at the 1992 Summer Games in Barcelona. And um, so we're not suddenly becoming, you know, um, swim like a mother, but uh, Summer is has been a runner for almost two decades. Yeah, she's an eight-time marathon finisher. Yes, eight. Eight. So she's eight. coming up on you, Sarah. Watch out. Better. <laughs> she, I think, passed me in a blur. I think that was when I blinked that she passed me. <laughs> um, so, and Summer is a 42-year-old mother of two. She has an almost nine-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son, and they all live in Park City, Utah. And uh, you might also have seen Summer Sanders um, on TV when she's not wearing a bathing suit and in a pool because she's a sports commentator, reporter, and a TV host. So really thrilled to have Summer Sanders with us here today. Um, And we know, Summer, that the majority of listeners think of you as a swimmer, yet you've been a runner for more than two decades. Can you tell us kind of how you went from the pool to the pavement? You know, running to me, um, first of all, running to me was always just sort of a sense of youth, right? I mean, you ran out to the, for me, I ran out to the jungle gym at recess Um, I ran wherever I was going because I was always busy and running just got me there faster. So for me, running was always a sense of freedom and youth. And then when I went to college with swimming, um, and you got that awesome freshman 15 or whatever it was, uh, (laughs) for swimmers, the only way we could shed that was either hop on the bike or run. And when I started running with my girlfriends, I was like, oh my God, you can have a conversation (laughs) while you're working out, which was so foreign to me as a swimmer. I mean, I got in so much trouble for being chatty Cathy while I was kicking (laughs) in the water. My coach just said, if you can talk that much, you're not working, working as hard as you should be. So I started running with my girlfriends to me. um, It was just like, I couldn't wait when I was done swimming to strap on my running shoes and it was mini therapy and just an awesome, just an awesome form of exercise and venting at the perfect stage of my twenties. Yeah. Well, so did, do you remember your first race? Like what was your first race as a runner? So Dimity, I didn't, I didn't race. Um, it was a, it took me a long time before someone convinced me that I was capable of signing up for a race simply because I felt like I, I possibly might explode my lungs in trying <laughs> so hard and not, and not being um, equipped to do it. Cause I, I, I didn't know how to back down. I didn't know how to do anything half with only just, you know, half of my might. I always went for it and I didn't have the training in, in running yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. So it took me a really long time. My girlfriend and I did one, 
we did like, maybe it was a fun random, like a seven K or something mm -hmm. like that in San Francisco. And it was for, um, it to benefit AIDS research. And I remember going there and doing that. And it was very, very fun. And it wasn't just the race. It was the process of everything and the meaning of it all and doing it with her. And yeah. then I, I took a long break and I, I moved to New York. I, I was in and out of Colorado for a while. Um, and then I discovered all the awesome races in Central Park in New York. And there's just, I mean, there's no better place to live. I know I'm sort of biased. Mm -hmm. If you love running and you want amazing races right outside your front door, then New York City. It's just every weekend there was a race in Central Park. And, and it's always on the same course, right? So you know it intimately, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe and it, it's the south part or the north part, but yeah. Right. And it's and it was like a random distance. So you could shake it up a little bit. You know, I love I my favorite race right now is a 10 miler. And I don't even know what that equals in, in kilometers, but I think it's around a 15 or 16 kilometer. But I just I love the random distance. Um yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and so, and you run now, just tell us a little, you live in Park City, and so you I, run, I know you've got kind of a little posse of people you we, kind of I run do. with, right? Yes, and they and they push me so hard. In fact, so here's my, here's my life just recently. I tried to mountain bike for a second, and I went down this mountain biking course that was uh, super, uh, like a kid level. My, my seven and eight-year-old were doing it. Um, <laughs> And I am so chicken when it comes to mountain biking. I walked every single major hill until the very last one. I know this is sounding so familiar to people. Anyway, I must have tapped on my front brake. Next thing I know, oh I've gone over my handlebars and I'm screaming bloody murder, checking my neck to make sure I, and all my limbs to make sure that I can move things still. Oh well, in checking that, I, I checked my shoulder, my right shoulder, and I had this giant bone mm. not popping out of my skin, but it was protruding out of my shoulder. And uh, I come to learn that I had a fourth degree separation in my AC joint, which is basically oh. the equivalent of a motorcycle or a car accident. Oh my goodness. So and that was Thanksgiving day. And then from Thanksgiving in, until my surgery, I had surgery the day after Christmas. And then the six week healing process of being in a sling every single moment for six weeks after surgery, I have been unable to run. And wow. uh, I've, it's, it's fine. I can mentally overcome it. I see people run. It's a gorgeous sunny day and I'm stuck in a sling and I'm just fine with it. I know that it's okay. But uh, it sure does make you love it when you come back to it. So now I, I got, just got back into running. Um, I, I look at my medals from my past New York marathons and Boston marathons with, uh, I don't know, more appreciation. But my, I signed up for my very first race, which is going to be on Labor Day, um, Chicago Women's Half Marathon in Chicago. So I have that to look forward to. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So did you come back with a run walk program or how did you, how are you easing back into running? Run walk. And in fact, Maybe. when I was in my sling, I would, I did some uh, fast walking, which was really fun to me. And I'd never had the patience to do, you know, just like power walking. Um, but it was really good. We had a puppy at the time. He's now eight months. So it was like the perfect, let's go out for a walk. Cause he couldn't really run with me yet anyway. Um, but yeah, the patience of it all. And I had I had like incredible patience with this because my, they also, so they, they reconstructed my AC joint using a hamstring graft, oh but boy. they also oh. repaired a labral tear that had been in there since before the Olympic games in 1992. So I had had this quote unquote bad shoulder 
basically my, you know, half my life. So I've been rehabbing my right shoulder forever. It was so familiar to me. So I knew the patience of getting back into it. And I'm still, like I say to people, I just got done with, with physical therapy right now, this moment, sitting with you. And I just was sitting in physical therapy saying to someone, the, the standard question now is when, when are you going to be back to normal? And I say, my expectations are really low. I'm going to think I'm going to be back into the pool swimming in a year. Wow, and I think wow. I can do it. Yeah. Wow. So, and then how did you choose that race in Chicago? Oh, you know, it's just a girlfriend race. Um, I don't know. I love Chicago. I had such a fun time doing the Chicago marathon. It's sort of a, a cool getaway at the perfect time, the beginning of school. So I can incorporate a little back to school shopping. Uh, <laughs> For yourself, not your kids. Exactly. Is that wrong? I mean, when I go back to school, I need new clothes. Uh, and then, I don't know, it, I, I do appreciate the all-girls races, and I love the fact that there are some guys peppered throughout it. Um, and there's potential that I can get some of my, you know, the girls that are special and close to me to come along, like my mom and my daughter and, and all that. So I like to make it a social event. Nice. Great. Nice. Yeah. Well, wow. So we didn't know about your shoulder. Um, so, but are you still, so um, when you are running or training for a marathon, I mean, do you incorporate swimming as part of your cross training or, um, or are you kind of like out of the pool? Like tell us how you, how you would swim if you weren't dealing with your shoulder right now. Yeah. So swimming is my original Zen. Swimming is the way a lot of people view yoga. Um, I get in touch with my breath. I get in touch with my core. Um, and for anybody who's a, like a hardcore runner and who's wanted to dabble in swimming, if you take it slowly, it's just such a great addition to the pounding that you do on your joints every single day. And, and you need one. Like I love the pounding of my, of my bones. I think it's really good for women to pound their bones because I was in a pool my whole life. So to battle osteoporosis and all that kind of stuff, I need that pounding of my bones. But I love the way swimming makes me feel and the way it gets me in tune with every single muscle in my body. So yes, I, I hopped in that pool. I mean, even my, my physical therapy here in park city and they're so used to the landlubbers the you know, the skiers and all that. And swimming is not a part of the normal curriculum out here for PT. <laughs> and I said, and I said to my doctor, I was like, Hey, can I get in the water and swim? And he's like, okay, well, show me what you'd be doing. And I was like, well, I'd be sculling. And he's like, okay, I need to see what that is. So I was moving my arms back and forth and showing how, you know, I can stabilize my shoulder and then move my arms in really subtle motions with like a tiny bit of pressure that's created by the water in my hand. And he's like, yes, I like this. <laughs> and it just, honestly, even just floating in the water, there is something that I don't know. There's it's, it's, out there in the in the healing world but there's something so healing about being in the water and it's not just the hot tub folks it's like the actual <laughs> the actual pool and the floating of it all and connecting and and your body just is allowed to relax for a second mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i found yeah. that i found that i swam a lot when i was pregnant and i just yes. kind of felt like there was a certain osmosis that happened like yes. this that this communing of my body with the natural environment around me it was kind of sounds a little flaky, but no, yeah. it's so true. I mean, my God, you're carrying, you know, 30, 40, however much you're gaining. And then your yeah. baby side, you're carrying so much extra weight. And when you float, all of a sudden you just feel like a normal person mm -hmm. again. And so even when you, when you think about it, injury wise, you're so abnormal for so long and you start to overcompensate and, and take care of that or, or, um, 
baby that your mm-hmm. your injury in a way. And when you get in the water, you don't have to do that. And it's freeing. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So as long as we're talking about pregnancy, how, how did you change your workouts while you were pregnant? I know it was... Um, sort of close to a decade ago but um if you can think back to that and um you know and then how did you come back after after that um you know assault to your body as it were yes okay well so i never viewed my pregnancy as like an illness right mm-hmm. so i i you know your doctor says yeah keep your heart rate in the 140 i just knew my body well enough to know if i'm out of breath my heart rate's too high whatever that is mm-hmm. i i just went by my breath um and so I, and, and unfortunately I couldn't run that long cause I literally felt like my baby was going to pop out if I did that. So I maybe ran until four months and then I just, you know, I rode the bike. I would, you know, pull my book out and sit there and ride the bike and sweat a bunch. I still did weights. I did lots of squats. Um, I still concentrated on my ab muscles. And if you've ever swum while you're pregnant, something happens with that belly when you're swimming backstroke in the water. And it's the creepiest thing you've ever seen it. Like (laughs) it forms this like alien V like this real sharp V and it's so weird, but I can't, I couldn't get enough of it. So um, I'm in fact, I'm looking in my office right now at this picture of myself in um, one of those speedo training bikinis. Mm. And I was, I was, and there's snow all around the pool. It's an outdoor pool and I am jumping in like a crazy person with my belly hanging out. I was probably eight months pregnant at the time. It was so awesome. I loved it. So let's talk about kind of the, you, you um, I got, I had the great opportunity to interview you for Runner's World and you, we talked a lot about your mentality and how, um, and you've already kind of mentioned it about how you are like either all on or not on, you know, like right. it's hard to find the medium ground. And as, you know, as you get older and you're, you know, running these, you know, doing some sports that maybe aren't as natural as swimming. Tell me, tell us how you kind of change your perspective to, to kind of still get the best from yourself, but not put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. I think, I, I think when I look at it in terms of, um, I love the fact that I'm still training for something. When I shifted from serious athlete to social athlete, that was the hardest shift because I would walk into the gym and I'd be, and I'd look at everybody and I would just sit there sort of in awe of like, how are they motivating themselves? Like, what are they training for? I was always training for a goal, a specific goal. Every single movement, every single exercise had a specific reason and purpose. And so I was trying to figure out my purpose. So that's why I love, I love running and I love signing up for races. Um, and then I just got to the point, uh, obviously, as I had kids, that I I really appreciated the fact that my number one job, my number one role, my number one title purpose is to be mom. And if mom is sick, the world kind of the world in my, my, between my four walls sort of stops rotating in a way. So it doesn't help anybody if I get sick. And, um, and that was a big battle for me because I'm, I'm a career woman. I'm training for marathons. I'm a mom. So you try to do it all and you just can't do it all. So 
here's what I learned is that it's absolutely fine to take days off. There's, there's no use in getting run down. And by run down, it's like, you know, when you're getting overly tired, just mm-hmm. take that morning off and sleep in. Um, and that was a, that was something new for me because I never missed a day when I was training. I was afraid to miss a day because once you miss one, then it's easier to miss another and another and another. But when your main job is not to train for the Olympic games or be a Stanford student athlete, your main job is to keep your house going and everybody healthy and happy. Um, then it's easier to listen to your body. Nice. Nice. That's an important message to, to remember no matter what level of runner you are or athlete you are. That, yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause you know what, like um, a half, and I, I say this, like it's, um, if you go out for a run and you're only half there, do you know like your, your body is hating it? Mm-hmm. You're on the verge of getting sick. Um, it's not a good run for you anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, Don't put yourself through that and then be sick for four days. So listen to your body. Absolutely. Because it's going to help you in the end. You will get stronger. You're not, your genes are going to fit the same, ladies. <laughs> like, let's be honest. <laughs> you miss a workout, your genes are going to be just fine. Maybe don't have that extra dessert at the end of the night. Um, so yeah, you, you just have to remember how to balance it all. And balance is obviously the biggest key. And it, as we've talked, Dimity, it's never the perfect scale, right? It's just no. you hope at the end of the year, it sort of evens out time-wise and quality-wise and, and what brings happiness to you. Sure. Well, you also talked um, about having different goals for different races. And I think that that's really important because um, you, you've even talked now about, you know, having your girls in Chicago with you, like that's yeah. the point of that race. So, but that's not necessarily the mentality you'd take into the New York city marathon. Right. I mean, right. so right. you have a, so, so you can adjust your mind as you um, for, for what's appropriate for that time of your life. Right. Right. And I, and, and I think it's really, really healthy to push yourself and to have like a serious goal. I am a 42-year-old mom of two who cannot consider herself an elite athlete by any stretch right now. Um, but I love having serious goals. Like I, when I was finishing the, the New York Marathon, and granted, I ran that one for reasons stemming from the 2013 Boston Marathon. But when I ran that New York Marathon, I was bawling for the last 300 yards of that finish. I mean, I was just bawling. You know, it's because I, I knew what my time was going to be. I surprised myself and I was like, yes, I've done it. This is so great. Well, what was your, your time? You got to tell us what our, your time was. Yeah, it was a, it was a 324 flat. Wow. Wow. I think it was 324 flat or 324. It was really close to being 323. But anyway, that's, that's, yeah. that's that is good enough for us. Yeah. And <laughs> it was, was, that, was that a PR for you or was that? No. no, I had, you know, going back in my running career, I wish when I first started running and I didn't have kids yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still in my late twenties, early thirties living in New York. Um, I, I didn't really, there weren't like these major training tools that we have now. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of tried to train myself. I did a couple long runs, but I was traveling so much internationally and I'll never forget. I ran New York. I was living in New York. So it was really convenient. And I ran New York and I'm cruising along, no problem, blah, blah, blah. And I look at the half marathon time that I just ran, and it was a 1.30. Oh, my God. And, I, and at that time, I didn't even know what a 1.30 meant, <laughs> hour 30 minutes. Oh, all right. And then I did the math, and I was like, if I double that, 
I am running a three hour marathon. Mm -hmm. So right there mentally, I just like kind of freaked out a little bit. And, um, but I wish I had the knowledge that I have now, because I do think I could have run much faster at that moment and that stage of life. But I ran a 317 Mm -hmm. and uh, I was really stoked about that. Uh, So that was my best. And that was when I was 30. Wow. So, so hardly any difference between the two times. Oh, well, well, I I mean, with going in, going into, you know, the most recent New York thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, I'm doing this for a different reason and I'm not going to push it to the wall. And, and, you know, I mean, so that's impressive. That's impressive. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So, so, uh, so maybe this is a naive question, but which is tougher physically, one of your Olympic medal winning swims or your fastest marathon? I, the 400 IM by far, there's no, there's, there's really no comparison. I mean, I put the 400 IM, uh, in front of childbirth by far. Wow. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When when does it start to hurt in the 400 IM? Like, is it from the very, is it from the first butterfly stroke or is it like at the very end? Well, Dimity, it is all how you pace this sucker. Yeah. <laughs> so I have swum, and p- anybody who was there will never forget it, at the Olympic trials in 1992. And I made the mistake, and this is why I say this translates so well to running. I made the mistake of going out too fast in the very beginning of my 400 IM. And, and so just for people who don't know, an, an IM stands for individual medley. And a 400 meter IM means two laps of each stroke, butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. And we would practice so much on the control and the pace at the very beginning, because really the most important 25 meters of your 400 IM is the first 25 meters. And that's when you get super psyched, right? It was my very first race at Olympic trials, 1992. I, I, equally couldn't wait to swim it and couldn't wait for it to be done because I hated the race so much. So I felt like I was going out in control and had a great pace going. And uh, I know my coaches were freaking out because I, my first hundred of my 400 IM was ba- basically equivalent to what I would swim a hundred fly in. Mm. Wow. Oh my so gosh. I'm cruising, <laughs> I, I'm on backstroke and breaststroke. So if you pace this sucker incorrectly, you basically start feeling it um, with 75 meters to go. And, Mm. and I know people have used the term like a piano on your back, but my muscles, like I was physically shutting down. Mm. I was like, I I feel as though I was very close to passing out in the water and, um, with 25 meters to go, the, the girl behind me who was in second place was, it's, it's like she had a rope attached to my feet and was just pulling me towards her. And uh, I barely touched her out. I mean, I won the race, but it was such an ugly race to watch. It was so horrible. So that that 400 IM in and of itself is worse than any bad marathon. So like when I went out in an hour 30 Mm -hmm. and then, you know, failed to even come close to, you know, even splitting it or negative splitting it, um, that that pain was fine compared to that 400 IM. So, but is it is a good reminder? I mean, it's so easy to do that in a running race. You know the, yes. you know, oh gee, oh, I'm, it's here, race day's here. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I'm on like stick with that woman who's wearing that cute pink shirt. And it's, yeah. <laughs> and here's the deal: it's not like you can go. Oh wait, that first mile was too fast. I really need to, um, you know, to slow it down just a little bit. Sorry to tell you, but that fast first mile is what's going to come back and bite you in the, you know what, at, at the end of the race. Yeah. So you have to, 
you have got to just look at anybody else around you who's sprinting at the beginning as just the biggest sucker. Just look, like put, put my face on their face and go like, I remember Summer saying this to me because it's like, you can't get it back. You just, you can't get that first mile back. It's lactic acid. That's just going to hang out in your muscles and creep up on you and creep up on you and creep up on you. So, yeah. Well, and the other thing was, so when I was interviewing you for this, uh, for train or not train like a mother, uh, tales from another mother runner, our new book, you yep. said something, you quoted runner's world. So it's kind of, you know, your wisdom, but you retained it. So that's, that's saying something, <laughs> but you said about how beginner runners focus on the pain, intermediate runners think about the distance and pro runners think about their form. So since you're giving such good race advice, I mean, talk a little bit about that and how you incorporate that when you're running. Well, I believe it. And I believe it because it's exactly what I did in my swimming. My gold medal race was my 200 butterfly. And we would practice this all the time. We would practice the knowledge that every single person at the finish of their race is, is just spent. They are so incredibly tired. So now the question is, is who's going to tire the least, right? Or who's going to be the toughest? And how do you get tough? You go back to form. Um, so for me, my butterfly with my, and I, and I was, this was the last race of, of eight days of competition in Barcelona, incredible pressure. So mentally I was just drained and physically I had no idea where I was going to gather the strength. Um, with 15 meters to go, all I thought about was getting my arms all the way over the water. Mm -hmm. I didn't look at anything going on around me and I knew people were right there. I knew it was a very close race. I just thought of doing an entire stroke, do a full stroke, do a full stroke. And I touched the wall and I won. And so when I read that in runner's world, I was like, that is exactly right. If you change your mindset to think at the end of your marathon, especially like a professional runner, you can change your mindset from the pain. You can absolutely, when you hit the wall, you can either decide to be stuck behind it or bust through it. And when you bust through it, you're on the other side. So you're not hitting that wall again. So now it's like, what are you going to think about? You want to think about that pain? No, you don't. You want to think about the cheeseburger and the big old ice cold beer you're going to have at the end? Awesome. If that's what gets you through it. But in the meantime, think of having light feet. Think of moving your arms. Think, think of relaxing your shoulders. Um, whatever can get you in that happy place or that concentrated place where you're not going to start to veer off and think about the pain again. Tim, I gotta say, I think we need, you know, summer now to like give advice every day. <laughs> you know, love summer's quote, another mother wrote a quote from summer. Right, exactly. <laughs> seriously, seriously. No, I know it's, you, you're, a, I love, well, obviously you're very, uh, very talented athlete, but you're also very skilled at putting, um, you know, big thoughts into words, which is great. So. Oh, well, thanks guys. I awesome. only do, I do, you inspire me to talk this way because you should see me trying to get my daughter dressed in the morning to get to the school bus on time. <laughs> it's, it's a totally different situation. I'm like, Sky, think about your form. Come on. <laughs> you can either bust through that wall or stay behind it. Come on. The bus is outside of it. <laughs> it's amazing. You're going to be so proud of yourself. Put it on. Put it on. She not stand me cheering her on in the morning. So I'm like banned from all conversation with her. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Oh so you, you allow me to be at my best, which is okay, great. Okay, good, good. Yes. Good, good, good. Yes. All right. So speaking of being at your best, we know that you, um, when your shoulder's not um, in a sling, that you do triathlons. So please at least tell us that you sometimes struggle on the bike portion of the triathlon. I mean, since you got yes. the other two disciplines down. I'm going to tell you. So first of all, you know, I struggle because that's how I hurt my shoulder. <laughs> but first of all, I, I have always loved to bike, but like, 
you know, that kind of bike ride where you're looking around at different things and you don't pedal for a long period of time because you're, <laughs> you're doing this awesome thing called coasting. <laughs> and so I like, again, a lot of these exercises just bring me back to my youth. And that was bike riding for me. Biking was never, it was just a faster form of getting from point A to point B. And you got to see a little bit more. So Yes, I have a hard time biking. In fact, like my first real triathlon that I did, somebody, first of all, I was using my husband's bike and it was from 1986 with the, the gear shifts down on the, um, I don't even post. know what you call it, the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like the, like like, the yeah. not on the handlebars, but down on the post. So I had no idea how to shift my gears and I was just cruising along and it's in Utah, gorgeous scenery. So I'm checking out the scenery and all that. And at the end, people were like, wow, Summer, you were really fast, but your bike, what happened with your bike? And I'm like, I know, I, t I can't race. I have a very difficult time racing, biking. And if someone comes up beside me, I want to chit chat with them because, hey, if you can't chit chat on the run or the swim, you should be able to chit chat on the bike. <laughs> so um, anyway, but I do, I love um, triathlons. I think they are extremely challenging. Um, I will say that that I do have sympathy for the beginning swimmer in an open water triathlon situation. Um, and with that being said, just quick advice for anybody who's, who wants to get into triathlon, but is maybe a little apprehensive because of the swim. Um, here's the great thing. You're never going to win or lose your race because of the swim, it just isn't, I love swimming to death, but it's not long enough to put that much importance on the overall time of your triathlon, unless you're talking about like escape from Alcatraz, where I think it does have a definite, when there's a lot of current involved. But if you've got a pretty clear path and not a lot of current in your swim, you let everyone go and then you just make yourself in the water and have yourself your own little swim. But don't get caught up in the masses. Even the most experienced swimmer can get a panic attack in that situation and a lot of anxiety and all of that is very, very scary. And when you're scared, you overuse your muscles and then you've wasted so much energy by doing that. And then the second thing I would say is really, really concentrate and practice using your arm muscles as opposed to your leg muscles in your swim so that you can reserve your legs for the rest of your triathlon. But I need to get back out there, Dimity. I need, I need. Yeah, it. you do. I mean, well, do, you have, do you have a better bike at this point? I mean, so you crashed do. your mountain bike and you got your husband's, you know, four decade old bike. So, so, <laughs> so, so you have some new wheels. I have some new wheels and they are hanging up at the, in my garage on the ceiling right now. And they need to come down as soon as the snow is melted. Um, right. I'll be out there. All right. Good, good. Well, and we know that you travel a lot for, for your job um, as a as a commentator and a reporter. So what, what are some of your favorite runs that you like to do when you hit different cities? Yeah. So this is interesting. I, I first started running and then soon after that, I got a job working for the NBA and I moved to New York and I felt like I hit the jackpot, not only because I loved basketball and I loved the NBA and the show inside stuff, but I got to all, got to go to all these great running cities. So it was like Philly and Boston and living in New York, Utah, even when you're playing down in Salt Lake City, there's some amazing runs that take you up through the mountains um, and really press your lungs. Um, but for me, uh, I, I, it was the easy, I could just bring my running shoes on the road and, and it was a way for me to see the city I was in at my mm -hmm. own pace. Mm 
And, and in the morning I could learn where I was going to get my coffee or a fun lunch place to go to, or, Oh, I want to check out that store. I really felt like I got to know a city when you're driving through the streets, you just don't see things because you can't, you have to have your eye on the road, but when you're running and you're taking in and absorb absorbing the atmosphere of a city at your own pace, you really do remember it forever. And uh, so it was just, it was my favorite form of exercise on the road and super easy, you know, pair of running shoes, everything else you could, you could sort of like, you know, put it together as best you could if you forgot anything else, but you're running shoes and you're good to go. There you go. Right. So, so we know that you love the New York city marathon and um, as we record this uh, folks just found out yesterday, whether or not they got in through the lottery. So will you be running? Yeah. Will you be running the five boroughs this November 1st? You know what? I'm not mostly because of my injury. I just didn't want to put a lot of pressure on myself to be back to that level. Um, it's just going to take so long. Um, but I remember that feeling and whoever got in, congratulations. It's just congratulations and have fun with the journey. Like really, I uh, enjoy the training because I'm going to tell you right now, if you've never done a marathon and you probably have, but the training portion of it is a, a, um, a finish line in and of itself. So getting to the start line is your first finish line and then actually accomplishing the marathon is a, is the cherry on top. But this training period is, uh, is where you really test yourself. You test your patience, you, you test your perseverance and your dedication. Um, but it's really knowing yourself and knowing when to take those days off to hop in the pool, to hop on the elliptical or to go out there and you're ready to do your long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I, I want to give a quick plug for strength training because um, we yeah. talked about that. I just want to know um, how, you, if you still incorporate that into your running. I mean, I know you said that you talked to, was it David Willie from Runner's World when you wanted to run Boston really well? He's like, you've got to strength train or hit the hills or something. I can't remember exactly, but talk about your strength training. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it, I, I did because I, when I ran Boston 2013, my legs were mush during those rolling hills, the last six miles. And I thought while I was running, I thought to myself, I'm not even out of breath, but my legs just gave out. Mm. And I thought, oh, I should have hit the gym more. And then I talked to the race director for Boston Marathon the other Dave. Yeah, yeah, and um, McGilvray. And he said to me, oh, no, no. He's like, don't hit the gym, even though I think that's a great idea uh, for runners in general, getting your glutes and your hamstrings stronger. That way your back doesn't hurt as much. But he said, you got to just run hills. So that's what I did. I ran these rolling hills out near um, on our frontage road on I-80 in Park City. And at the end of one of my long runs, I felt exactly as I did, as sore as when I finished Boston in 2013. And I thought, okay, I'm doing it right. And can I tell you, in 2014, I went back there and I negative split my Boston marathon. And I felt fantastic at the finish. I was like jamming to the finish while I was recording the crowd and the scene of finishing Boston on Boylston. Oh it was my magical. Gosh. Wow. Yeah, it was great. yeah. But I do think, I think strength training, I think stretching, um, like I said before, I think swimming, but when you're thinking strength, a lot of people think, Oh, my back hurts. I need to strengthen my abs. And I think, first of all, you have to get a foam roller and live on that foam roller mm-hmm. foam roll before you run and after you run, but don't forget the before you run and then, um, get your booty, take some, like some booty classes and get that, that glute working 
and your hamstrings because it's, you know, you're asking a lot from your hamstrings and your quads and your booty. And if it's not all in sync and equally powerful, then it's going to, you're going to take your, take it out on your back muscles. You're going to feel it there. Absolutely. Get your booty in, in gear, says Summer. Get that's, your that, booty that, that's, that's our quote for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, it's well, been, th- been so great talking with you, Summer. Oh, it's been awesome. So when am I going to see you guys? What race will I see? What are you doing? Are oh you doing triathlons? What are you doing? Come on. Come on. Give it to oh. me. <laughs> oh, uh, Dim is injured, unfortunately. And oh. um, well, how about, um, will you maybe, could you be at Boston 2016? I'll be running that. Seriously? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do not know. I do not know when my next marathon is going to be. I know I'll do one when I turn 50. I like to do them oh, in decades. That's a long time from now. <laughs> I know. You're a youngster. <laughs> Well, can you believe eight years is going to be here before you know it? But yeah, maybe a 45. Mm-hmm. You know, I have an awesome 45 birthday this year because my I was born on October the 13th, Friday the 13th. Um, and then leap year messed it up. And I was supposed to be Friday the 13th on my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. But so now I'm waiting till my 40th, 5th, and it'd be Friday the 13th. Um, I don't love know. It. I love you that you know some... that. You're, you're like, oh, in three years, I'm going to have a birthday again on Friday the 4th, 13th. <laughs> I know. Well, it's a big deal because it's in the creepy month of October and oh. it's Friday the 13th. And it's just so awesome. I just love it. <laughs> I think people to do. Yeah. Whenever I board an airplane and like it's October, thir- you know, Friday the 13th or I'm, I don't know, around people and they're freaking out because it's Friday the 13th. I just say, no, 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 you're with me. It's all good. <laughs> it's a good day. A Summer's good day. on board. No worries, people. Um, my nephew, my nephew was born February 13th, Friday the 13th. So it's, we got it in our blood. Oh yeah. Well, Dimity and I both went to Colgate in that uh, university in that lucky the, the Colgate 13. It's a lucky number. So we actually yeah, are supposed cool. to celebrate Friday the 13th. It's like, I don't know, called Colgate day or something like that. Awesome. Yeah. So we can have awesome. a big old potty on, on some Friday the 13th. Wasn't there, isn't there one? Yeah. This month. Well, last month there was one. And then this month there's one. See, that's yeah. why we're talking about it right mm-hmm. now. We got Friday the thirteenth all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Watch the movie. Yeah. I'll see you in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, if I, I might be the one with that awesome sign on the side that says "This parade sucks." <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had that when I ran Chicago. This parade sucks, and I thought that is so perfect. It I probably does suck for you because you're just looking at people in pain. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Well, awesome. Well, thanks a ton for joining us, Summer. Thank you. Good luck, you guys. Get well, Dimity. Thank you very much. So, Dim, I mean, Summer Sanders, the most amazing font of great distilled running advice ever. I know. I know. So, I mean, I was, I was like, and so that one time I got to interview, for, interview you for your Warner's World, I'm like, I'm loving it now. It's making me so nervous. But yeah, I mean, I went to go, I got to go do the color run with her and her kids. Oh, yeah. um, and it was, it was funny because we um, started really late. So we ran like, gosh, probably like 2.3 miles instead of the whole 5k. And that was perfect. I mean, it was a couple of years ago. So her kids were, I don't know, maybe like five and seven or something like that, or mm-hmm. six and seven, they were younger. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, that's just a long way sometimes to go <laughs> for that, that age. Uh, especially when I'm like taking notes, like, how is she treating her kids? What is she doing? You know? So, um, so we got to do that. And then I got to go back up to her house in Park City and we hung out and, saw so did a little photo shoot and it was it was just fun i mean so she's married to um eric schloppy yes um who is also an olympian mm-hmm. um and so they just kind of have this amazing setup in park city and the cool thing is is that you know her attitude 
um, as which comes to on that podcast is that, you know, she's like, you know, our kids are, you know, they can do what they want. You know, I want them to be active or whatever. It's not like, oh my gosh, you got to start swimming. You've got to start skiing. You've got to, mm-hmm. you know, start running. It's whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, as long as, you know, we're sort of Summer Sanders stories, she, uh, when I used to write for the New York Times as a freelancer, I would do those uh, physical gear tests. Uh, I'm remembering what they were called. But um, so and I had to get swimmers to test swimmer shampoo. So I'm like, oh, Summer Sanders has beautiful hair. I'll have her test it. So so she got sent all these shampoos. And then you know, she and this, um, I guess he was a backstroker, Aaron Pearsall. Pearsall. Mm-hmm. And um, so they you know, had to send me all these notes about it, about how it felt in their hair and how well it rinsed out and how it left their hair feeling. And so. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. So nice. Um, so, well, great. Well, um, we would love it if you would like us on Facebook. We are Run Like a Mother, the book. Our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com. On uh, Twitter and Instagram, we're at the Mother Runner. Our new book, Tales from Another Mother Runner, is out this month. You can get it on Amazon and at bookstores, along with our first two books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother. And uh, whether you are in the pool or on a bike or running, uh, many happy yards or miles to you. <laughs>